Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is the sports editor for the Omaha World Herald, Sam McEwen. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Sam McEwen. Uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to throw the ball, and you just stand back there and throw us where you want to go. You know, that kind of thing. Sam McEwen. Are you guys going? Um, sure. Now, Sam McEwen. Yeah, I just never felt quite as to the level of the way we've been playing in terms of, you know, the physicality and coming downhill and striking and tackling, like, we were going to fall off us. But it was never, I wouldn't say it was egregious. It just, you know, at the end of the day, like, we expect our defense to go out and play to a standard. Kind of like I said to you guys last week, right? You know, the, you know, the standard wasn't quite what we thought last week. Um, but, uh, you know, again, we can't give up big plays. It doesn't matter how good you are on defense, sacks, takeaways. If you, if you don't take the ball away and you give up big plays, it's, it's, you're not, it's not a recipe for winning. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd at Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula. Andrew Rogers here with me. We are now joined by our friend Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, how are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? We are doing okay. Uh, let's just jump right into it here. Um, after Saturday's performance... What do you think is the most likely path forward at the quarterback spot just through the end of the year? I'm not talking about next year yet, just for these last three games. Do you think this is still Heinrich Harburg's job, or do you think it starts to get opened up to competition? Well, you know, if you open it up to competition, then you have to determine, you know, if Justin wants to play. Uh, he's got his four games now, right? So he's never redshirted. Uh, in theory, he could graduate and go somewhere else and, and have two years. Um, I think students would probably play if that's what you wanted. Uh, and then, of course, you have Cheba Purdy. And maybe maybe you give Cheba, maybe you give the Cheba Mobile a spin and you just see what he can do. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Um, we've seen him play. You know, we saw him for, for two and a half games last year. And I don't know that that set the world on fire. Uh, it didn't. Actually, it wasn't very good. Um, and I, just what I've seen from Harburg is better, to be very honest with you. But, but Chubba didn't have the same defense that Nebraska does have now. He did have Trey Palmer. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you want to play him, you have to assess how well he can run the option. They obviously want that to be a part of things. And can he, uh, you know, 
can he do a little bit more in the pass game? I again, they're going to have to they're going to have to chew on that themselves. There are things about Heinrich Harburg's game that that I that I like. I've, I've said that I think several weeks in a row. So um, I think I think he's just going through the education of being a quarterback. He's working through some of the things that he's that he's trying to get better at. Uh, they almost won the game anyway. And they had one of the worst passing games I think they've had since they joined the Big Ten. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, but you know, there's there's things that uh, that I think he understands about his play, and I think he's trying to get better. And they just don't have a ton of pieces. You know, the receivers are young. Mm-hmm. The line is is beat up. Uh, you know, if you again, if you can go away from Harper, but. Nothing that Jeff Sims showed in the two in the two games he played was encouraging. I just I just didn't like the picture when he was out there, uh, including passing the ball. I thought he threw the ball too low a lot, whatever. Uh, but there's probably things he can do uh, that Har- Harbor can't do. And then if Chuba goes in there, you have to expect Chuba to have a ramp. And by that I mean he's going to go out there, and you just don't know what's going to happen. You you can't you can't assume he's going to go out there and and go 15 for 17 for 205 yards like Josh Dobbs. I mean, it's not going to happen. So you have to you have to expect if Purdy plays that he's going to make mistakes too. Um, every decision that you make at that position cannot be a one-drive decision. Otherwise, you'll send the message to the rest of your team of, we don't really know what we're doing. Um, so they have to think about how they want to manage that position um, in, over the next three weeks. I would think it would still be Harper. Maybe Matt Rule will tell us something different today. Sam, uh, on Harburg's performance this last week especially, how much of that do you put on him where he obviously struggled in certain areas? How much of it do you put on kind of the play calling that asked him to drop back 35 times, which resulted in 28 pass attempts, the most Nebraska's had this year? I don't put a ton of it on the play calling. Um, I think that this was a team that you had to go throw the ball against because – they're going to run some man coverage, and if you if you get out uh, of uh, of the man coverage, then you could scramble. You know, so there's some things there, and you're going to have to try to beat them over the top. Uh, and I don't I don't think the play calling was bad. I I'd probably put away the two quick screens. That play, which we had not seen all year, uh, didn't work. And they must have thought they I think they thought they saw something that said if we run tempo. And we get up to the line of scrimmage, and we throw that quick screen out to Bullock. He's going to have seven or eight yards, and then that's going to adjust that safety, and then we can run the ball. Like there was a reason they did that, mm-hmm. and the play didn't work. Now you can say that it was a bad play call, or you can say it was a bad idea, but obviously they did it with some intention. They did it twice, and then they put it away. The other ones, I you know, I I don't have a problem with with a lot of the throws they're trying to make. Um, a couple of them, Harburg needed to just let it go. Another one, Bullock dropped. Uh, they tried the bootleg, the you know the reverse out bootleg pass. It's a, kind of a single person safe route, comeback route. They didn't. They missed it for a third week in a row. Um, you know, it was covered fairly well. That happens sometimes. That's a pretty common play. You know, then late in the game, you're trying to get back into it. You got to throw the football. So, and I thought, you know. They, they broke some big plays, actually. They hit Malachi for 30, and Harvick scrambled for 43. And so, you know, I 
that's the way it goes late in the game. Um, I didn't have that much of a problem with the play calling. I'm sure some people did. Uh, you can argue that they should have run the ball more, but they didn't control the game. They they weren't really in control of the football game. So just running the ball to run the ball can be hard. Um, you uh, And the other thing I'll say, Robbie, that virtually nobody mentioned, I think my game story mentioned it, but the difference in the punting was, was mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. I mean, Buscini did not have a good day, and Nebraska's strategy of putting a guy back there who could not return punts to fair catch punts was, you know, did not work. <laughs> no. It was a fourteen no. yard difference. Fourteen yard difference and that is a lot of yardage. That mm-hmm. is that's not easy. Fair caught I mean and, and Kemp fair caught a pawn at the five. Mm-hmm. And another he one inside the he ten. Have been there. Yeah. So like, you know, that was another fifteen yards that they lost. It you know they really, really struggle uh with that part of the game and they're just gonna have to work on it. I I'm. Uh, they put Ethan Nation back at the end, and I thought that was a good move. I mean, you know, uh, that's a position that a freshman can can handle if they can field the punt. Mm-hmm. Strategy backfired, and so there were a lot of things on Saturday that didn't go well. And Rule was right about the defense. Like the defense did not come out mm-hmm. in its usual um, edgy way. Uh, they got two coverage busts on the first drive, and they were covered. And, you know, that led to a field goal. It just never felt right. And he was right about that. You know, Michigan State played a little harder and a little better, a little more under control, and Nebraska, you know, was, was uh, couldn't catch up. So I, I'm guess I thought it was a three-phase loss when I, when I watched it. But, but other people focused very on Harburg, and that's fine, but, but he was hardly the only issue on Saturday. Sam, you mentioned not having a uh, a big problem with the play calling. What about um, with officiating? Because that was pretty sus at, at a number of moments in that game. Were you disappointed with how that played into it? Well, I think they missed the face mask. They didn't mean to miss the face mask, but they missed it. And the play at the end of the game, now, here's what I would say. That's a weird deal at the end of the game where it would have been better if Michigan State had recovered the fumble or the clock had run out. But it was very hard for Nebraska to make an appeal in that moment as the clock's running and they have to run a play. Mm-hmm. And it would take it would take a super uh, savvy moment to say, we're going to let the clock run out and, and, and challenge that fumble. Like, that's, that's hard. What I will say is it wasn't a complete pass. One. Two. It would be a fumble for many quarterbacks, and here's why. Most quarterbacks would start their motion where Harburg had the ball when he lost it. Harburg brings the, the motion and starts it low, mm-hmm. and by the time the ball gets knocked out, his arm is going forward, but it is under his ear, his, his hand is. Mm. So a lot of quarterbacks will start there, and then they will go back, and then they will go forward. Harburg doesn't start there. He starts way back, almost back behind his shoulder pad. So his arm's going forward. That's an incomplete pass. But I can understand why referees would would think empty hand because that's where a lot of empty hands would be. You'd have to figure it out in review, and there was no time for a review because they already ran another play before anybody could look at the review. And so, you know, that that's that's the hard part about that moment is you have to you have to be watching the motion, not where the ball is. And Nebraska would have benefited from a recovery by Michigan State, 
which would have stopped the clock and would have would have triggered a a review on a, on a turnover or clock running out, which is what happened in Texas all those years ago, and they were able to review it as opposed to running another play. You know, so that was a tough deal. Uh, the, the, I know there was something about pass interference and you know, you know whatever. I mean that happens all the time. Um, Michigan State got whistled on a hold on an interception that was ticky. I mean it wasn't ticky tack, but you know, it was kind of beside the point. Um, so there, 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 plays go both ways. That that happens. Um, what do you think about think the touchdown? The touchdown that that got called a, a catch, even though the ball was on the ground. Yeah, I would have review, I would have probably overturned that review. Um, I'm not exactly sure what what they saw. Um, we asked, and we were told that you know the Big Ten doesn't comment on judgment calls. So. Um, we asked after the fact because we don't know who the pool reporter was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to the Big Ten directly, uh, and they said they don't comment on that stuff. And so, you know, I, I don't know what they saw. Hard for me to. It's hard for me to speak to it. So it's, that that's hard. That was a reviewed play, and you know, it, it did look like the ball was moving a little bit, but they they called it a touchdown. Sam, how about this? Uh, in a game where you know things definitely didn't go uh, Nebraska's way or they didn't play their best football, what's one positive that comes out of a loss like this in your mind, whether that's something you picked up on that hasn't been there all season or something that improves what Nebraska is trying to build in the future? I thought Malachi Coleman played well. I thought he blocked well. Um, I think he's a physical blocker, and I thought they finally started throwing him the ball. He had six targets. He only caught two passes. But I thought Malachi Coleman, that was his best game. You know, and, and he got – I don't – he's a good blocker. You know, he did a nice job there at times. But you, I don't know how you're going to see what he can do unless you throw him the ball. Mm. And Harvard's got to throw him the ball. And, and, and they've got to create opportunities for him to get the ball. I've been a little surprised up until Saturday, like, what he's doing out there. Like, throw him the ball. Like, if, if you're just having him out there to be a decoy or to block or whatever, there's a lot of guys who can do that. Um, you know, Malachi's not the most polished receiver, but he might be the most physically gifted receiver on the team, and you're not going to know what he could do until you throw him the ball. And so I thought they did a better job of trying to get him the ball downfield and and i think you know the one he caught if he breaks that leg that leg tackle he's gone you know there's mm-hmm. nobody gonna catch him so you you have to do those things though and and i know they you know they tried more and i think that's good you have to you have to learn how to begin to do that um one back to the past game a little bit and I, I didn't write this in the rewind today because i'm not a coach or whatever so I do feel like a lot of Nebraska's pass plays are designed to accomplish something specific to a specific receiver. And so, like, he has defined reads, and it's like, we're going to play action here, we're going to roll out here, we're going to throw this comeback here. You're going to look at this, you're going to look at this, and you're going to look at this. I think that there's some value in just drop back, look for the guy that you know might be open, and throw him the ball. And I think there were a couple moments like that late in the second half that were actually good for Harper. He needs to learn how to just four wide, you got four routes, here's your first read, your second read, your third read, but you might have to progress through the read. We're not going to cut the field in half for you. 
We're gonna we're gonna make you stand in the pocket and do something. We're gonna make the guys protect. And over time, you're gonna get better and better and better at that. And I so I thought that was good, you know. And I, I thought a couple times, you know, he made the right read and and threw through a pass uh, that he should have. And so those are things that you know you just have to continue to build on. Um, we can get very trapped within the concept of like the season. And they're five and four. They need to win one more game. They might do that Saturday, and they're in a bowl. And everything from that point forward is like a ladle of your favorite gravy, whatever that is. <laughs> and that's, seriously, like everything. Nobody expected anything more than that. So everything else is about the big picture from there, and like how you get better for next year. And they won't look at it that way. Obviously, they want to go up to Wisconsin and win. Obviously, they want to beat Iowa. All those things are true. But at some point, you have to say, all right, we got done what we wanted to get done. Now we need to see what we can do. We need to be a program. We need to find out who we can be. Uh, And can we live into the identity we want? And part of the identity they want to live into is they want to be able to throw the ball 25 or 30 times a game, like most teams do, Mm -hmm. and have that go well. And you can't do that until you you try it and you fail. And so I think that's a positive, too, even though it didn't go well. But fans don't see it that way. Fans see it as, it didn't work, don't do it again, do this thing over here. Well, Nebraska certainly could, could have run the ball 57 times for 204 yards. I don't know that they win the game doing that. You know, and, and, and let, we need to be honest, this option thing is not going to be a permanent part of the plan, or it shouldn't be. I mean, it's it it when teams figure out how to stop it, it doesn't look very good, and it they really struggled with the option on Saturday, and I they might do better against Maryland, but you know Wisconsin and Iowa will swallow that stuff up. Sam, you mentioned the last three games and just needing to get to that sixth win. Uh, do you think Maryland is the best opportunity for that one coming up on Saturday, or you know obviously Iowa's had their own struggles offensively, and that one. You know, it's probably going to be a one-possession rock fight one way or another. Um, but as you kind of look at these last three games, how do you how do you gauge Nebraska's chances of getting that sixth win over the, the course of those games? I do think Maryland is the best of the three. Um, Maryland has historically gotten off to awful starts this year. They fell behind 14-0 against Virginia. They fell behind 14-0 against Charlotte. Um, they lost 51-15 to Penn State. They fell behind, I don't know, 14 nothing there pretty quickly. They're beat up. You know, Penn State's a really physical team. Probably more physical than even Ohio State this year anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're going to come in really knocked around, uh, their defense especially. So, um, And they're terrible in November. Maryland is one of the worst uh, teams in college football in November in the last seven or eight years. I think they've won four or five games. And Nebraska's not much better, mind you. <laughs> but they've won more than that. And so um, that this, this weekend would be the game. It's You've got to be able to run the football. You've got to be able to you know to hit a few passes. And then you've got to find a way to, to slow down a pretty good quarterback. you got to, you got to slow him down. you got to slow uh, Takovailoa down. And uh, I'm sure they'll give it a good crack. Sam, uh, you know, Nebraska wasn't penalized Saturday for the first time in a game since 05. What does that say about uh, this group that had to battle adversity all day? 
Uh, I think it means that they're getting better at getting set. The motions and the shifts are working, and, and they're uh, you know they're 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 playing clean football before the snap. That that that's what it says, and and that's good. That's good. You're not getting the little five yard penalties here and there, delays the game or false starts or you know little things like that. Um, obviously, that's going to happen most games, but that's good. You know, you're not you're not having a bevy of those kind of mistakes, substitution errors, things like that. Uh, the other thing is, this will sound sort of counterintuitive. It, it wouldn't have been the worst thing to have a couple penalties of aggression. I felt like Nebraska's aggression just wasn't quite what it what it was previous weeks. So um, you're going to get some of those penalties sometimes. Good teams get penalties of aggression, whether it's holding on defense or a late hit, stuff like that. That happens, and. You know, Nebraska will will get those penalties. We'll incur those penalties again, I'm sure. So, um, but it's really encouraging for the pre-snap stuff, and and not you know having any procedural penalties because those are the ones that in theory you should never have, and the the ones that you can most easily prevent. And on for one day they prevent it all, which is good news. Sam, with the you you kind of mentioned the lack of aggressive penalties uh, you, we talked about earlier the defense not really having that edge to it the last time we saw that was against Michigan they bounced back against Illinois and looked significantly better for a stretch of a few games there how much different do you think it is going from hey the best opponent on your schedule to Illinois and recapturing some of that edge there versus going from Michigan State to probably a better team in Maryland. I mean, record-wise, certainly a better team in Maryland. How much different, or how much more challenging do you think it's going to be for the defense to recapture their edge as they head into a stretch against better teams as opposed to what happened with Michigan into the Illinois-Northwestern-Purdue uh, stretch? I, uh, I think it depends on how healthy they are. Um, I think the linebackers look to step slow, quarter, slow quarter, quarter step slow, secondary two. So, you know, I don't know exactly what that is, but but uh, they they just looked a little they just looked a half quarter step slow and I don't think that's because they weren't trying hard I think I think uh, they're beat up a little bit um you know now that Buford's back can he can he play safety uh, and Hartsock go back to corner opposite Newsom and Newsom got beat on the stutter and go but but a lot of the day Tommy Hill struggled I mean he was trailing a lot of plays. And um, I think on the double pass, that was his bus, but hard to say. Uh, I don't think on the first, the first big pass of the game, that was Tommy's mistake. He, he let that go, and I feel like he let that go because the safety was supposed to be there once that play went over the middle. But I don't know. I, we can ask Will about that stuff today. Um, I don't know, you know. I thought the linebackers played a quarter step slower than they have, and I think some of that was because you know, it, it, everybody's beat up. I mean, this is a grueling league physically. Um, and it's it's grueling to play power five football every single week. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, a real, it's a real test of your will and all those other things. You have, I think, three undefeated teams that are group of five teams. Tulane, James Madison, and uh, Liberty. If you put those teams in the Big Ten West, not only would they not be undefeated, but they'd probably be five and four or four and five. That's that's how different the physical test mm-hmm. is, and that's not to diminish 
group of five teams. But people may know that four teams just joined the Big 12. Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF. Do you know what their combined conference record is right now? No, off the top of my head, no. Five and 19. Mm. And two of those teams, two of those wins are someone beating Cincinnati, which has not won a game in the league. Hmm. That, that's the difference between the group of five and the Big 12, right? Physicality and those things. I don't think the Big Ten West would be all that different. And, and people, you know, again, James Madison, I, they're great story, okay? Great story. They're doing what they're asked to do. And if they were in the Big Ten, they would recruit better players, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But people do not understand the physical toll that, that like, playing Minnesota and Iowa and Nebraska and all that would take. And that's what, that's what people, that's what that little snapshot in the Big 12 tells you, is that those teams were not equipped to go into the Big 12 and match up physically. How much harder would it be in the Big 10? It would be a lot harder. So people have to have an appreciation for what Nebraska is experiencing and what it has experienced in previous years. Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, we appreciate it. As always, we will talk to you next week. Take care. Thanks, Sam. Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Coming up next, time for... Shane's World. Oh, no.